Have you ever wondered why it is that we do what we do and who we do it with? Then this is a podcast for you, an exploration of human beings through systemic psychology and Unani biotypes with Rodrigo Garcia Platas, Ross Everett, and Brian McElhaney. This is Biotypical. Hey guys, it's noon Pacific Standard Time, which you know what that means. It's time for the original, originally scheduled podcast. <laughs> uh, I deserve it. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm here. I made it. I was working in a different time zone. Eh? Okay. So today with us, we have uh, a dating app data analyst. And you've worked with many companies or just the one main one? Just the main one, but I have... say their name out loud? Yes, we can. In fact, hi, Bumble. Okay, so... What's up? You you can give your credentials better than I could, even though it's poor form for a host to let the guests introduce themselves. Fuck it. Go for it. Oh, all right. Well, not only uh, have I been writing for Bumble and creating some content, I have also used Bumble uh, successfully and unsuccessfully, but... And I've also been a big fan of Hinge. Actually... I have my boyfriend listening again, who I also met on Hinge. So I think I've also okay. had firsthand experience and have been the go-to for some girlfriends with, with looking for advice, mostly because I do work in digital marketing. I'm a newer marketer, so it came very naturally for me to also analyze certain things about the algorithm, like who pops up typically on your profile and what your profile should have and how um, the algorithm will, of course, affect who would come up on your feed. Were you doing this while you were on the dating apps? Like, can your brain just not turn off? Or was this something where you were like, oh, well, like, let me dive into this after I've explored it on my own? Oh, yeah. No, I'm very sleepy. My brain does not uh, turn (laughs) off whatsoever. So, yeah, I did think about that, thinking that usually the most attractive people would usually be up front. And uh, I did think about those things. And then I started meaning like the first to come across. Yeah, Yeah, because I did delete it and then add it on again. I would see the same people over and over. Yeah, I noticed these things. Isn't there something that's like 5% of the people on the apps get 90% of the matches? Yes, I'm making up the numbers, that. but I'd yeah, I would give us the real statistics. I would never call you out for having the wrong numbers, Please but do. I mean, the concept is correct. So, okay. yeah, so I'm excited to get into it, everyone. I know we have a few questions we want to answer, but in terms of, oh. Before we go into, that, into those questions, like something very dramatic that 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 is this this phenomenon that we started experiencing because of social media is the microcosm of a high school, for example, the microcosm of a college, suddenly God extrapolated into the whole world. So the thing is, if you're in social media, that means that you are competing with people, maybe even all over the world, depending on, on whatever that dating app has as a limit. And the thing is, before... When you were in college, there was a small group of guys and a small group of girls that got all of the matches. Like the by saying matches, we don't mean matches as in as in a dating app, but it, they, were, they were the ones that could get whoever they wanted. The thing is now, because of because of how these apps work, I'm actually competing against that guy from every college in the region. Yeah. So it concentrated. With like high school popularity, it's no longer I have to be popular amongst 200 people. I've been popular amongst 200,000 people. So same thing with with dating apps. So now you're not competing against the stud from your school. Now you're competing against the studs of the region. Right. 
let's unpack that a little bit more too. I really want to hear from you because I think that our idea of what who the stud is is also subjective, right? Very. So the app is also going to serve a few people that you are you may or may not be into. So I would love to hear from you guys, especially because I'm a biotypical podcast fan. What you think, like for example, if someone posts their profile, they're building their profile, what you think people want to see, because gen- generally, if we're all going to be into Hercules, right, then he's going to be the first person we see. But then enough people, let's say if you decline, if you're not so interested in Hercules, because you're like, wait, I can identify these red flags, which is what we can learn today, I'm thinking. Oh, we'll dive into uh, profile optimization. Let's do it. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah, we've done it on the podcast yeah. before for sure. But maybe we'll we'll do it again today. But the thing that I want to focus on first is let's get the numbers out of the way, and then we'll dive into the experiential in a little, in a little bit. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But so, are you saying that? I mean, I like the name Hercules. Let's yeah. does does Bumble know who's Hercules and who's Point Dexter? We're not going to reveal that uh, directly. And I think that the reason that is, is because when you first download the app, and let's just speak objectively, right? Mm-hmm. If they're working smart, they're going to want you to download the app and just see a lot of things that you want to see, mm-hmm. right? And how are they going to be able to determine that mathematically? Whoever right? gets Through the most, AI. Right. right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's Ooh. usually going to sort to the to the front. Now, what happens when you first start to join, you may notice that there will be some labels, like let's say new member. So a lot of guys, and okay, and I'm really saying this because I suppose- A lot of guys re-registered to be a new member again. No way. You knew it. Wow. I didn't know, but it makes total sense. Yeah. Wow. It's like getting the free trial again. The free trial to free trial. (laughs) Yes, except I think that you can also... So now another thing to consider is you can also pay for placements. Yes. Right? So that's another thing where that would obviously also augment what you would typically see if it weren't optimized naturally. When I I left dating apps uh, like seven years ago, the biggest perk that existed, like there, there was still no way to look to pay to be first or to have any perks or anything like that. The only thing is in Tinder, which was one that I used, you could pay for something called passport. And then what happened is you could start matching with people in different regions of the world that you were going to travel to. And I thought that was brilliant. And I have two success stories about it. Well, one of them is not a success story. It's just a sanguine that enjoyed the moment. But when I went to London, I went on my own. And because of Tinder Passport, by the time I got there, I had two dates. Uh, so I, I had plans and nothing, nothing ended up coming out of it. But I had a party that day because I got there and, and I had already matched with someone from Mexico City. So that was amazing. And the other thing is I know someone, I can't say names, but I know someone, a really good friend of my family, who didn't even pay for passport, but there was this thing like at the beginning of the pandemic that Tinder kind of opened passport. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but she took advantage of it, matched with a guy in Germany, and now they're having a baby. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's globalization for you. I yep. have actually chosen a different region because I was like, I cannot date in San Diego anymore. And I plopped it wherever I wanted to. I chose Vegas. Because and I why wait. would you okay yeah, okay all right do, do your thing do your thing yeah <laughs> yeah I, feels like, I can't date in Los Angeles anymore so I I chose Tijuana yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know what 
<laughs> okay, so this is my logic. I thought, okay, also because I, at this point, I'd already been working on content creation for Bumble. So I thought to myself, there are a lot of people that visit Vegas. Where are the pe- places that most people are getting married? Las Vegas. <laughs> I, it really matters also what you're looking for. And that was a big thing I wanted to talk about today was that each uh, dating app may represent right? So usually people that go for Bumble, it's because, well, I don't know, this is really what we talk about, I suppose, like on the streets, right? Like Mm -hmm. Bumble is for people that are a little more serious. Uh, Hinge, same thing, because you actually invest your prompts. And then Tinder is more for... What's Hinge? Because I was out of the game before Hinge hit. The name of Hinge is like you're connected by a person. So the original concept was you have a Facebook friend in common. Oh, that's interesting. So friends of friends. Yeah. It's like, because the, the, you know, let's talk about why would you create a, a dating app? Like, what's your thing? People are like, well, these are all strangers. I want something a little bit more intimate. I, I like, I want someone that's vetted. So you have a friend in common. You're able to be like, oh, hey, friend, what do you think about this person? Also like, easier oh, to find okay. them. So Hinge, was like, Hinge was like, <laughs> so Hinge was like dating in a small town in Mexico. I guess, yeah. That everybody knows everyone and you can always ask for references. Yeah, you just go to the nearest abuelita and they're like, I'll tell you. Exactly. You go to the nearest abuelita and she has basketed about this information for years. She can probably tell you things about three generations of that family. Yep. Now, wait, there was an app and I I think it disappeared and I don't know why, why it did. It was very useful. There was an app that boomed in Mexico City. I'm talking maybe 10 years ago. It was called Lulu. Wait. Hold on. There, there's a Lulu that was like ranking people. Yes. Is that? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. I wasn't, I wasn't on it. I was. And they showed me my scores and everything. So oh like gosh. people that have dated you would like write reviews. Yeah. It's like the Yelp of dating. It's like my Uber rating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it was amazing because you couldn't really write text. All you could do is I think you could give like a a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And then to describe your experience, all you could use was hashtags. So you would see all the the hashtags that in average, everybody that has voted you somehow uh, has has used to describe you. And and I thought that that was really useful. I mean, I am biased because like I liked my profile there. Like I like what people put, but honestly, I was really happy to see it because I thought, this is good. Like if, if my sister is going to date this stranger guy, yeah. I love that there is, there is a space in which you can go just listen to what people have to say about it. Don't you feel like that you would also, just knowing that it exists, you'd be on your best behavior too, a little bit more? No, because we didn't know it existed. Oh, you really didn't. It was only for women. If you were a man, you couldn't even download what? it. Can we kick that back up again? No. No? This this sounds like... Ross is suffering. No, I'm just like, this is, rating oh people is the worst. There's a whole um, Black Mirror episode about this. I know. Yeah, yeah. but that's a star it's system. Just- we're not rating on quality. We're rating like literally on experiences. Oh, like the hashtags were things like this. Just for you guys to know. This Don't is why I liked it. How corrupt. You more than anyone know how corruptible people oh, are. 100%. But here's the thing. Um, the hashtags were not like, oh, he's tall or he's short. No, no, no. The hashtags were things, were things like um, uh, really good if you want to impress your friends. 
we'll take you out for a nice time. Doesn't pay the bill. Like he will ask you to, to split. Um, amazing in bed or don't even try. Like things like that. But it was more concepts than someone on a rant, on a personal rant trying to destroy someone. But you know, so first of all, let's say someone did not have a positive sexual experience, mm -hmm. right? Or someone got too drunk on the date. Now all of a sudden, like this is just a, a concept in our world that I am not happy about, which is like, Oh, you fucked up once? Well, it lives forever and everyone can see it. And that's now your identity on the internet. But it doesn't live forever because you're looking at averages. The problem would be if you just dated one person yeah. and gave them the worst experience ever. Yeah. And then what if all, what if you gave one person the worst experience ever and they asked all of their friends because it's like, do you have to prove that you went on a date with this person? I, I don't no, know how they prove it. You just log in, you go, this is the person I did. And then we slammed them. Is it like about how glass every door though? Where you can't really see until after there's some sort of review. Well, that's why they shut it down, good. obviously. But I thought it was a good idea. Maybe not perfectly executed, but a good idea. I want to say this: there was so much happening, and that was such an exciting conversation. And again, as someone who usually listens to the podcast, actually be here in the middle of you guys is surreal. And also, I am so small that there's the energy <laughs> of you guys talking to one another, especially when there's a debate. And then I'm just watching this leaf tickle Ross's ear. <laughs> But you make me feel taller besides him, so that works. Thank you. Yeah. So... We're all in disagreement about people rating. <laughs> no, you are in disagreement. I, I know. Okay. Okay. Wait. All right. Listen, I'm learning to balance my biotypes. So I'm not looking at any of them right now. I'm trying to make my own decision. I would like it. Boom. But no. <laughs> Russ, you are in disagreement. Wait, no. I understand the repercussions. I thought it was great. I'm... I can feel his piercing stare. But thing, how would you feel if it was for women? Well, see, that's the thing. I also get that oh. I would, well, I would also, I, I feel like I'm the kind of person where I would think, okay, if I would want that for me, would I be open to someone doing that? Like making that judgment for me as well? well I have a question. Have you ever been bashed online unfairly? What's bashed online? Like, has, have you ever had your reputation taken down amongst a group Dude, of people? Dude, do you know me? A million Isn't times. Isn't it really frustrating? It was at the beginning. And then I learned how to deal with it. Because you, you know one of my adulthood traumas is the loss of my online community, right? And I won't call it mine because I was part of a, a group. But everyone within that community was very easily swayed by yeah. the leader of it who got a bad taste in his mouth because of the way that him and I had a falling out. And now that in, there's, a, there's a million people out there, maybe not a million, a hundred thousand people out there that if they were to hear my name would think I'm some manipulative, conniving, Machiavellian asshole. Well, you kind of are. What? Oh, <laughs> just kidding. This Ron. is my hell. <laughs> this is, so have you, have you guys ever been in a situation where you're like, this is the truth and you're trying to get people to see the truth, but they're just following the charismatic liar? You know, 2016 do you guys know I actually okay so the extent of that I don't know if I can relate one-to-one -one, but I do think that we do live in a world where everyone unfortunately whether they want it or not is un unfortunately subject to that and I think also being in marketing and being in PR it happens a lot and I don't think a lot of people deserve it and I, and I do think that people are allowed to grow but so in marketing you know how good it would be for business for you if Lulu was still up and running Let's fix this. There has to be a way because I, I, I will not subscribe to this whole thing of no one can say anything because it, they, it will hurt their feelings and it will stay there forever. Like if you fucked no, up, no, no. you fucked but, up. But I agree with that. 
But at the same time, who's vetting the yes. honesty? And it's, I agree. All, it's subjective. It's opinion. Because I mean, we, I've, could find I've, a way, we could find a way to make it like you need to prove that you went out. The other person needs to go like, yes, I went out with that, with that person. And then that review is real. But, but listen to this. So like I dated a fake fire who absolutely thought I was the weakest, least masculine man in the entire world. And boy, did that relationship take a toll on me mentally for a long time. Yep. I then I, 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 you know, had the relationship with the, the, the woman who like really saw me, mm-hmm. right? If there was a review online from that fake fire, there's no way that this person would have given me that chance. And the, all the things that the fake fire judged about me and disliked about me and was trying to change about me were the things that, the, you know, the oh, next relationship. Oh, is opening something very important. That it's subjective? No, I just realized something. Um, I never really suffered because even the negatives of what they were saying about me are still traumatic compatibility with most people. So even when they when they tried to bash me, as as you were saying, it's always like he's an arrogant, he's so arrogant, he's an asshole, he thinks that he's better than anyone. Uh, he proves that he's better than you, blah, blah, blah. And most people have beliefs that are absolutely compatible in with alignment that. with that. And we'll go into traumatic compatibility. That, that's a big part of what yeah. this episode is going to be about because that happens on a subconscious level yep. on dating apps all the time. In fact, when we worked with one of our patrons redesigning her Bumble profile to start changing the type of men that, that were being attracted to her, that it's all about traumatic compatibility. So uh, let's, this is actually the perfect time to interject with this. Traumatic compatibility is when your beliefs are complementary to the way in which the world is treating you. So for example, if you believe that all men are arrogant assholes, then you're going to be unfortunately attracted to every arrogant asshole. Physically and sexually attracted to arrogant assholes. Even when you intellectually can see that this is a bad choice and this will probably hurt you and it looks very similar to something you already experienced in the past and you know better, the problem is that you will still feel extremely physically attracted to them. So this actually leads us to our first question that came from Instagram. Um, Mari wanted to know, do apps somehow realize patterns of traumatic compatibility and try and pair you with people based off of essentially the type that I'll, I'll phrase this because I know apps don't really go, Oh, traumatic compatibility. These people will be a train wreck, but it'll go down <laughs> in beautiful flames. But can they figure out, okay, you swiped on Hercules, you swiped left on point Dexter. Let's yeah. feed them more Hercules. Like they can kind of say like the same type of women, like, like Netflix is like viewers also liked, Right. Yeah, there's a 98% chance that you like this. Yeah. Is right. that, do they have that so, sort of background operation? So will they, will the app be able to find traumatic uh, compatibility? So the best way that I would love to also explain to everyone of how we can look at this generally, so you can kind of dissect it on your own, is thinking about all the things that you plug in into the app. Right. So mm. what I mean by that. Oh, you're connecting so many that, things. Yes. So for example, Spotify, your name. Yes. Instagram. So, Facebook. Yeah. But also your preferences. So when I put in my, so one thing, obviously your, your name, your inter- exactly. And mm. then you have your preferences of height. That's the thing. If you are choosing religion, if you are choosing smoke, drink whatsoever, is everyone familiar with this? 
No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, these are the, the sections like what you choose on the app of what you, yes. both preferences and also what you do. But prompts are, are words. Are they doing keyword searches on those prompts? But it's the ones that you're choosing, right? The, so it's the context. So on Hinge, you could choose different prompts. Yes. Um, and on... Uh, uh, on Hinge, you can choose different prompts. On Bumble, can you choose? You can choose prompts to talk about yourself or you can choose prompts so, that you want to know about other people. So on there Bumble is a Hinge. reason why no, right. no. contextually that's a drop down or that's uh, something that you select, right? Because those are all pre-recorded. Those are things that have some context behind it. Okay. So if it's my proudest moment, right? Or my mom would actually put this on the fridge. So most Hercules probably choose my proudest moment because they want to boast. Do they have personality breakdowns in the background of it? Am I a Hercules? <laughs> you know, so this is my, this is how I'll answer that. Okay. You're going to be someone's Hercules regardless. Right. So that's something to consider is that the way, because something that I learned from you, Rodrigo, most importantly, is that depending on the region as well. Right. So like, that's going to vary that you taught me that. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I thought you were talking about like specific parameters within the app. Okay. So it's going to, It's going to vary, right? So, Rodrigo, this well, uh, is well, my sorry. question where we can relate this back. In a phlegmatic country, mm -hmm. if we're talking about the women, what would be most attractive to a woman in a phlegmatic country in terms of biotypes? Choleric. There's, there's, two, there's two possibilities. We were actually just talking about this today. How, because we haven't, like, do you have the word satanized? Like we, we haven't, we have taken cholerics on the side of the third of the devil, especially in choleric countries, demonized. Thank you. And we've demonized cholerics in most choleric countries. And the connection between cholerics and phlegmatics that used to be perfect because cholerics and phlegmatics used to love each other and they made amazing couples. The problem is that we've demonized cholerics so much that Uh, some of the attraction has been lost with all this information about be careful and this is toxic masculinity and, and be careful with men not treating you like this and blah, blah, blah. But that is something that hasn't happened between sanguines and melancholics. So the level of attraction that you see between sanguine and sanguines and melancholics is still mind-blowing. But when it comes to cholerics and phlegmatics, there's a big disconnect. And that's what makes, that's, that's what made phlegmatic women be so attracted to becoming a false fire, what we used to call a fake fire. Because I become a false fire because I should not expect this from any man. And if any man tries to give it to me, he's being an asshole and I'm not allowing it because I don't need you and I am as strong as you and I'm powerful. Now, the reason I'm explaining this is because in most phlegmatic countries, most Latin American countries, uh, South of India, uh, important regions of, of Africa, um, and pretty much all of Mexico. Um, you have two levels of attraction. And this is what women always complain about. If they're strong, like if, if they're a false fire, like a woman that has created the, the independent controlling personality of a, of a choleric man, then those women are always complaining that all the men that they're attracted to, uh, are just like little children, like having a kid that you need to protect, that you need to blah, blah, blah. Even though they're extremely attracted to powerful, like controlling cholerics or controlling sanguines, like they're still very attracted to that, but they won't give in because it feels like I'm giving up something about myself. It feels like I'm giving up something about my life and my self-worth, et cetera, et cetera. And then we do have the pure phlegmatics that actually feel extremely attracted to pretty much any biotype that's willing to care for them, love them, and receive their love. 
Can you think of a celebrity couple of a phlegmatic and a choleric that is like naturally attracted to one another? Where you would yes. I mean, there's one very specific example of a phlegmatic firewater and a choleric. Mm. And the choleric left a melancholic to be with the firewater after filming one movie because of the crazy attraction they had between the two. Are we sure Jennifer Aniston is melancholic? I think because she's melancholic with subdominant. We've phlegmatic. gone back and forth about no. that because Courtney Cox is for sure melancholic. For sure. Oh, wait. Another thing. So Brad Pitt, if we find him to be like, let's say our universal Hercules, is it, do you find that it's, is there some exceptional attraction about cholerics? Yes. In our country, for sure. No, See, that's but I'm not only in your to... country, because you're, the standards of beauty actually start with cholerics. Uh -huh. Like the thing is, yes, cholerics are seen as attractive. I mean, the typical cholerics is blonde and tall with light eyes, uh, like big square shoulders, but a tiny waist. Like it is the stereotypical like beauty that, that we've been selling for years. The problem is that in the past few years, we decided that if anyone looks like that, they, they are dangerous and probably toxic masculinity. So the, the, this amazing connection between, between cholerics and phlegmatics was lost, completely lost. And that's why we're seeing a crazy amount of, of phlegmatics dating outside their, their axis. Like they're not dating their opposites. They're looking for other people, becoming, becoming the fiery controlling person in the relationship and looking for other people saying that they want to be protected. But then, but then when that person tries to be strong with them, they fight back because it's this self-worth thing that we taught them. So the truth is that right now, I very rarely recommend cholerics for phlegmatics. Like if, if I had to build the perfect attraction for a phlegmatic, it has a little bit to do with the pain of the culture. So, for example, in Mexico, what's the pain of the culture? We are all hijos de la chingada, as we say. And I know that hijos de la chingada sounds like just swearing right now, but historically, being an hijo de la chingada means something extremely specific. La chingada was la malinche. And la malinche was the indigenous woman that became Hernán Cortés' partner and translated all the information about what was happening. And, and indigenous people always felt like she betrayed us. Like she, she gave us to the Spaniards, but she was also a slave and mistreated like crazy. So of course she did it. But the thing is, we grew up in a country um, where if you trust people, they'll destroy you. And we're kind of abandoned by the father figure. La chingada is a woman abandoned by a man that didn't stay and didn't become the man that, that she wanted. Yes, yes. That's why in Mexico, most people are phlegmatic and phlegmatic women are extremely attracted to powerful, feisty men that will abandon them somehow because that is the collective trauma of the country. And something that you guys have taught me is that for the collective country, the type of media that we produce, right? So what the, yes. the shows you watch and everything else, they're we're conditioned to be like, that is our Hercules that we talked yep. about. That's our hero. Yep. And I have another question for you, and you maybe too, Ross, is that with nowadays, it seems also just as we do have the access now to for men and women to alter our photos, right? And then we end up meeting someone in person. And if we're conditioned to believe something that is more instinctive based on what someone looks like and they seem different than what we expect... Out of curiosity, how much do you think that influences like very our little. and really? Yeah, very huh. little. 
Please continue. Do you have the data that says otherwise? (laughs) Well, the reason I say this is because when I give, and this is outside of what I write about, right? So typically the topics that I will write about is to basically optimize your profile, ideas for what you can put on your profile, um, get better dates, if you will. But ever since I've been introduced to biotypes, I find myself always questioning if I am giving the right advice, right? Because I will say things like, hey, maybe don't post that picture with the fish, like you holding the fish. <laughs> Very cool that you did it, but maybe you're not going to pull in all the girls with that well, photo. The question I think is, what are you looking for? Exactly. That, yeah. that we come back to that. And that was one of the things that we did on the podcast is, is we're like, what, what are you looking for? Right. And I mean, this is just like the biggest thing in, in our life. This could be applied anywhere is what you're putting out actually going to be the bait to call in. Did you say that on purpose because I said fish? I, yes. That was great. Yes. The wow. fish. <laughs> what? No, because I, I'm, I'm saying just basically like, yeah. essentially you're like, oh, I'm tired of fuck boys. Then you got to yeah. change your profile. Yeah. Because like, like, is now the time to do this? I'm wondering now, are there, start commenting in the, on the Zoom. Um, if you have a, uh, a, a, a profile, a Bumble profile or something mm. that we can go through with Rodrigo. We will do a Tinder takeover or something like that. It's not Tinder, but a Bumble bump over. Bumble? Bump it or bump it or bump it or bump it. And we might not be able to, to, to ha- take the time to like truly revamp it because there'll be a lot of photos that you need to go through. But what we can do is we can tell you what you're, what bait you're actually using. And you can tell us if that's, what you're really wanting to call? I right love now. Sonny's answer. What did he say? Can you, I can't. I can't read that far. It says, "I'm happily chasing, so I don't." <laughs> so he's chasing his relationship. So he's he, he's so not on he's thing. not on dating apps. And yeah. that's what we were talking about. Is that it's going to be so subjective, right? For like a better date for someone, like if someone is interested in a serious relationship, versus there might be someone who just wants to meet more people and find themselves. Oh, that's for so, sure. That's I mean, I think that's definitely something we have to cover. Well, it's like if that's what you're yeah. looking for, then your profile should look absolutely different. Yeah. But a big thing is that people that say I'm ready for a real relationship are usually yeah. not. Yes. What? Yeah. Oh, 90% of the time. We haven't even talked about this. Yeah. Okay, this is not going to be a 45-minute thing, huh? This is amazing. (laughs) I think we we, we Ask your questions then. Yes, it's awesome. This is something that that we could very much dive into. Just to finish what you were saying before, because I feel like this is important. When it comes to the dating app, of course, changing your image and um, augmenting how you look in different ways can make other people feel attracted to you because there is no human connection or energy when you're choosing someone on a dating app. But I can bet money that even if someone changes their pictures, augments, augments their pictures, what really defines where this is going is not the communication within the app, but the first time you connect in person and you go like, okay, I do feel attraction for this person or the oh, magic is gone. I see. Because it has nothing to do with your online persona. It has to do with the actual human connection because this person won't tell you. Hey, I'm very broken because when I was young, I decided that all women are horrible. They won't tell you, but who they are is built on that belief. Their reactions, how they defend themselves is built on that. And you won't realize it until you're physically with them. And if you have a belief about being a horrible human being for whatever reason, and then you date someone who thinks that women are horrible, even when he's being friendly and probably likes you and feels attracted to you, the real attraction will come from feeling seen. 
The real attraction will come from this person is validating all of my trauma and everything I haven't handled psychologically in my life. Therefore, this person can see me. That's how we fall in love. I have one more question. You could have a few more. Yeah. Okay. So something I've noticed Mm -hmm. is that with dating apps, you can meet someone you think you have a really good connection, right? But do you think it matters that because we have so much access to volume that if there were some, like, do you think that affects, let's say a man's decision to continue mm. pursuing something? Because even yes. if he has there's an always the idea of there's something. Yeah. Cause it's so there. accessible now. So and that's what, that's where I wonder if. Just let me tackle that. Uh, because you just, you just opened something really important yeah. and I just coached someone through this like massively. Um, there is no such thing as as men who are afraid of commitment because they're thinking that there might be something better on the other side. That's what we tell ourselves, yes. But when a man thinks that there might be something better out there, that means that that man doesn't know himself well enough to understand the, the true compatibility that they have with this human being. Like, it is this simple. Like, people have to be able to say, could I find someone hotter than this? Yes. Could I find someone more successful than this? Yes. Could I find someone fitter than this? Yes. But I know myself. Could I find someone that understands me, cares for me, that I can love and they can love me back given how broken I am in certain ways that I've healed and I've worked on and given that I know I have certain patterns and certain fears and I don't really take certain risks in in certain areas, then what the fuck are you saying you're seeing if there's something better out there? Like, be honest about who you are, what you need from someone around you, what type of connection, what what type of person would stand someone like you while still loving you and caring for you. And then you will never, ever think again, what if I find something better? Because you're then you're not looking for something better according to magazines or beauty standards. It's if you're going out to look for something better is because you know yourself and you know exactly what you're compatible with and what you're looking for. And then how hot people are or if they're successful enough becomes bullshit because you know who you are and what you work with. No further questions. No further questions. That, that answered Your all of them. I wrote down that time code so that we can make that into a little breakout video. That was great. <laughs> um, Men don't have problems with commitment. Men have problems with understanding themselves. And if there's anything we've realized, Ross, in, in the past few years and, and like in, in all the years of experience that I've had with both men and women, I didn't really start doing masculinity trainings and explaining masculinity to women until two years ago. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I started doing that, I do the exact same workshop for men and women. And I, it, it's a workshop for men. I designed it for men. And then they go through this workshop where, where we start understanding who they are, why they work the way they do, why they have so many problems with sexual desire, aggression, understanding who they are, guilt, feeling like something's wrong with them, that like they could become rapists at any given point if they allow sexual desire, that they're horrible human beings if they want to compete and they want to be the number one at whatever they do. So when I do the workshop for men, I blow their minds. They're in shock. But when I do it for women, they get it right away. Women just go like, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, as a society, we've allowed that. Like, I do admit that there is a small period of time at the beginning of the workshop where I need to repeat constantly. We're talking about men. And when I say something about men and how there is suffering or something that they haven't realized, which is a price that they pay, et cetera, et cetera, 
Um, I constantly need to say, and I'm not blaming women. Mm. I'm not turning this on you. I'm not telling you that now you're the mean one, because if I did that, we're just keeping the exact same cycle of going back and forth. And now my kid is going to be a teenager out on the street with a sign saying women destroyed me and I want my rights. And that would be the stupidest thing ever. I'm just I'm just sitting with everything that he just said. I was going to say a lot of people. So like Candace had mentioned something about she not having the a great experience. And then I, Sunny's has a really great question too, about what happens when women don't understand themselves. Oh, is there a, a female inverted version of, Oh, you didn't want to go to the female side of it. Okay. You, we can't hear you. I know. I know. There we go. <laughs> That's why I said it over do you, there. Do you not want to, are we not ready to go? Should we no, go behind the patron wall? We, we can, I'll just be careful. But the, the thing is, huh? Men have no permission to ask themselves th this sort of question and men have no permission to understand themselves in many ways. And men are acting in the stupidest way possible because we don't know how to be powerful. We don't know how to be strong without feeling like we're being competitive and destroying someone else. And we don't know how to be aggressive without being hostile. Most people don't even understand the difference. And when I teach this to women and I like say it many times um we're not blaming you we're not turning this around on you they get it they really get it because the thing is we've allowed like feminine information to evolve in a beautiful way we've allowed freedom there but but we've constricted masculine spaces in fact just think of it this way think how free a gay man can be uh -huh. and think the freedom of a gay woman in how they show up, how they can dress, how they're seen by society, what the things they can do, the dreams they can have. Like, you feel, so are you saying essentially it might be a little easier to be a gay man than a gay woman? Yes, 100%. 100%. I feel like gay women don't have it that easy because they're moving into a little bit, not all of them, but a, some of them are, may, might move into a masculine space that's way more constricted than the feminine space. Mm -hmm. And. And women have been able to understand themselves in brilliant ways lately and also get very confused with some wrong information and not understanding that. Stop judging yourself. Nothing's wrong with you. Many times you just don't understand your biotype you and know, you compare they, yourself with the wrong people. There's even a term like TERF, T-E-R-F, which is, fuck, what does it stand for? Someone in the, in the, the Patreon section, just go ahead and, and let me know what TERF is. But essentially it's like, I know that within the, the f women community, oh, trans exclusionary mm, yeah. something. So it's like, like women who don't count trans women as women. Yeah. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But I know that like in the gay community, there's no term, you know, or, or like, yeah. like men that are excluding trans men. Like it just that, that whole world of, of, you know, LGBTQIA plus men. Uh, I, I don't hear nearly as much infighting aside from the normal infighting that just people would have mm -hmm. on interpersonal levels. But like in terms of like how they view their community, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like they are nearly as partitioned as yeah. the, the women's side of it. Now, the, the, the thing like to, to wrap this idea is a, fe a turf is a feminist. Can you read that? I, my vision is not great. Um, a feminist. A, a feminist who excludes the rights of trans, trans, transgender women for their advocacy of women's rights. Got it. So they say trans rights is not women's rights, essentially. Thank you, like Sonny. Great. Thank you, Sonny. 
Um, the the thing is this: like to to bring we open something very big, and to bring it to a little bit of a conclusion is men have no idea who they are, uh-huh. and women have been very confused and fooled by the information out there about what they should want. Like that word should. Exactly. What what did what did that bring up for you when you heard that? Well, while you were talking, all I could think about is what would I advise or how could I advise someone to check in with themselves? Mm-hmm. You know? So I know that in understanding biotypes, it makes it a little easier. And something that I have tried to incorporate into my life ever since I started to expose myself to biotypes mm-hmm. is the word should, right? Because who am I comparing myself to? What is the baseline? Mm-hmm. Because we have books like Why Bound Love Bitches, for example, yep. right? And only now am I questioning who wrote that book. And only now so am I confused. And <laughs> because the thing is, the thing is, it works. Because most women are so confused about what they should want and who they should be and, and what a real relationship is supposed to look like that if you act like a bitch, you do attract powerful men. It is true. The thing is, you're not attracting them to stay. You're attracting them to compete with you and prove to you that they're better and that they, and they need to prove to you that they're better and stronger than you because if not, they cannot take care of you. But if you're acting like a bitch just to make a point, then you're going to fight back. And it will be attractive for each other, especially if you have the right beliefs, but you will destroy each other. Those relationships never work. They're passionate, they have amazing sex, and then they destroy each other. That's the problem. Okay. And there's like blurry line between like positive selfishness, right? When we, you see, I, I, yeah. I learned now how to hold the mic. You're doing excellent. Um, <laughs> I, I tell my coaches and my patients in Mexico, like literally I tell them is you, you get to learn how to be selfish in a healthy way. And understanding what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. I'm understanding that a lot more. I want to go back to that fish comment because I feel like it's really important. <laughs> I feel like it's really important to get back to this because the, the fish were important. So I just realized when I would, when I used to write those general blogs that got a lot of traction, but I felt guilty afterwards because after I started studying and after I did intro to biotypes, I thought, ah, shit, I just, (laughs) I just told those men that are very passionate about something to get rid of something in their profile where at the end of the day, she's going to see your collection of photos yeah she's gonna go to your apartment at some point if, if you guys hit it off and she's gonna see all the pictures of you with fish yes and what if you're a, what if she's a vegetarian or like if you have fish or a veterinarian yeah i don't know so, it's like, so now that i think about it i'm like oh dang it because like that that what have i done yep. and i participate in that so it's funny because you said when i was questioning that author and you said that person must be confused and i'm like that person was me one uh, so and you know yeah. here i am i, I feel like a big problem that I, I remember seeing on these accounts and even when we would talk to people, it's their the profiles aren't authentic. Mm. So no if, profiles are made for you to lie. Yeah. And if, if they were made for you to for, for you to be authentic about it, they wouldn't ask you what you want to say about something. It would just be a fact. It'd be the this is, this is how much you weigh. I don't care what number you want to put have, in here. Have we talked about this of like an account where you don't get to create your own dating app but you're you choose your five closest friends and they build it for you that would be amazing this is a representation of how we see our friend that would be amazing it's like ross not being able to find a headshot for me for this thing and here's the thing Mm -hmm. 
Remember? What? Oh, that was such a rare? No, I, I chose, I, I, there was, there was a good one. Yeah. No, but you, I had to send you that one because you went on my Instagram account. Oh, You're yeah. like, no representation. Not, not, that is not my He's like, that is not my Charmander. No. That is not her. <laughs> no. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> like you keep referring yeah. to yourself as Pokemon. That's my um, identity. I am, like, I've accepted it. Thank you, Rodrigo. <laughs> but the thing that, that I keep coming Oh, I get the squirtle joke earlier. It was yeah, there it is. Because I didn't okay. want to correct you and be just know it all. That was like, <laughs> no. squirtle doesn't involve in the Charmander. You know, like that sort of thing. Yeah, I know, that I, know, I, know I get it. What are you I get it. About? I am so Squir- lost. Squirtle's a water Pokemon, and yeah, it's a Charmander thing. is a fire yeah. Pokemon. It, it, it interests yeah. me yeah. as much as one direction. And the way in which she evolved wasn't accurate in Pokemon, but it was accurate in Biotypes. So I'm. Where? I'm, gotcha. I'm sorry, Liz. For real. Gotcha. I'm sorry for yeah, the Pokemon and One Direction talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was, uh, I had a fucking thing. And I, oh, the authenticity, right? And essentially what this is, is if you're not being authentic, if you're not showing yourself, eventually that person will see it. And if it is a misrepresentation of who you are, they will leave. But wait, we're assuming that someone lying is not actually part of what other people are looking for. Okay, let me, let me blow this up because this is important. Get this man a whiteboard. <laughs> I, I was literally talking about this with our certies the other day. Um, I used to have a YouTube channel. I still have it, but it's abandoned somewhere in Spanish. And I was one of the first like, like video vloggers in Spanish. They made me a partner. Everything. It was really cool. The thing is, I thought I was going to make a channel for my students uh, to go into and remember things and learn things. And they were busy doing things in their lives. So I became famous like in different circles that had nothing to do with what I do. But people kept sending me like a very specific question constantly. And honestly, I kept avoiding it because I had no idea how to answer it. And it, it was kind of weird because I wanted to talk about loneliness. I wanted to talk about ego. Uh, I wanted to, to talk about understanding yourself, going through a crisis, handling your pain. And people did not want that in YouTube. They wanted like talk about love and relationships, talk about falling in love and relationships. And there was a comment that I got constantly and a question that I got constantly, which is, They would tell me, Ro, you're always saying that you're going to have whatever you want. You're always saying that we all create our realities and that whatever we want in life, we can create it. And if what you're saying is true, then why have I been chasing the same human being for three years? And this person just does not care about me, does like never wants to be with me. Then what you're saying, Rodrigo, just doesn't apply and doesn't work because I've been chasing this human being with my heart open and wanting to create a relationship and this person will just not be with me. And after really thinking about it for a while, I told them something that I knew most people wouldn't like. But I told them the mistake is thinking that the result that you're creating right now is not exactly what you're looking for. The mistake is thinking that If, you're, if you've been three years chasing the same human being in order for them to be with you and they are not responding, this is the result. 
for you to stay for three years behind the same individual that doesn't like you, that means that what your ego is looking for, because no one would stay for three years if, it, if this is not what their ego is looking for, then what your ego is looking for is for someone to prove to you that you're not good enough and how much they rejected you and you've stayed there thinking that maybe you can prove yourself at some point and get the approval from this person that you never got from mom and dad. Therefore, you're not making a mistake. You're creating the exact result that you were looking for, getting someone that proves to you that you're not worthy. And I would finish up by telling them, because I don't know about you, but usually for me to feel attracted to someone, that someone needs to agree with me that I'm amazing. Because if not, I have nothing in common with them to, to have a common ground to start talking about it. And not because I really think that I'm amazing, but because I dealt with my rejection enough as to understand the types of spaces that I want. Now, having said that, what if someone who's pretending to be someone that they're not is exactly the belief that someone has about men? Then they would feel extremely attractive to a melancholic that is clearly acting like a sanguine or a sanguine that is clearly acting like a phlegmatic in the most fake way possible. And maybe their cycle and what they're doing is not making a mistake, but always, always with absolute accuracy, finding the guy who's lying and date that one. Who do you know like that? I was like, yeah, who, who's triggered out here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, We're all triggered out here. I'm like, oh my. I was like, I was getting attacked. Sonny is commenting bombs, <laughs> drop them bombs. Exactly. I know. Okay. So we're at the hour for our, our fun little bonus episode that we're doing. Um, was there any, I mean, we didn't dive too deep into data analytics, but we'll definitely have you back. Well, we don't, we went on. deep though. We did. We did we go did, deep. Yeah. We use this as a great launch point. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, if you want to join us live for more episodes like this, go over to patreon.com slash RGP development, where you could join us live every week um, to discuss different topics with different guests and join the chat. And uh, we can even have you on to ask a question. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we did two episodes of the podcast. That there. was How amazing. Yeah. And, and we miss, we miss our fairy, Brian. Our fairy, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, you know what? We're going to let you guys, uh, uh, first let's say thank you, Camille, for joining us. We thank love you for having yeah, me, everyone. You're, amazing. you're brilliant. Love you guys. Um, and, uh, we're going to let Brian take us out with a very special, uh, announcement or word of wisdom or, Something from his little fairyland up in Oregon. Fairy Wisdom with Brian McElhaney. What's up, guys? Sorry I'm not there. I'm deep in the woods, um, sort of becoming a fairy at the moment. Um, I guess I'll probably explain on the next podcast what that sentence means. Um, hope you're doing well. If you're listening right now and live in Los Angeles, please come see the Britannic Show, uh, Dynasty Typewriter, this Wednesday at 7.30, I think. And uh, then come see us in New York next week at some time and on some date. Boy, I should have been prepared for this. Um, well, if you live in Scotland and listen to us, please see us uh, August 3rd through 28th. Uh, I will be performing every night uh, in Edinburgh. I, how has this become just a promo for me? I'm not sure. Anyway, I got to get back to the woods now. Uh, there's a bunch of nude hippies calling my name. So uh, see you guys later. Uh, hopefully I don't die. Hopefully I don't die.